Hello, welcome to another episode of Majoring in Minus podcast. Whoop, whoop. A podcast uh, where we talk about how majority of people are focusing on the minor and insignificant things in life. Your hosts, as usual, Mahan Elmi and Louis Antoon. Uh, our fake sponsors for today are Backward Slippers. And we'll talk about Backward Slippers later. We have a special guest. Uh, as most of you might know, 10th of October was World Mental Health Day. Uh, and we want to talk about mental health in general. That's why we brought one of our good friends who's a training uh, psychotherapist. Um, she, well, the way she describes herself is that she goes through peeling the stigma of mental health one layer at a time. It's Sahar Ahmed, her Instagram. We'll plug in later, but it's uh, Demagi Damzo. All right, Sahar. The floor is all. Hi, how are you? Very good, very good. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Introduce yourself, please. <laughs> okay, okay. Introduce myself. I'm sorry. I was actually waiting for Lewis, but yeah. Um, I'm Sahar, so I oh. am a trainee psychotherapist, and uh, I have uh, been working in mental health for the past two years. I have only recently finished my master's, and I've been doing my training ever since. I've been working for the National Autistic Society, where I have been giving counseling to parents who have recently had diagnosis of their children with autism. So just kind of trying to help them through the process of uh, accepting and uh, getting through the emotional trauma that comes with a diagnosis of your child. Um, so whilst I'm doing that, I'm also uh, working on my Instagram page. My Instagram page is mainly to promote, to promote sorry, mental well-being amongst people. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Louis? You have anything to say? Yes, Sahi. I'd like to ask you what what prompted this interest in uh, mental depression. Okay, so um, uh, I what it started happening was that when I was in university, I had basically decided that I was going to study psychology. But well, this is before university, of course. Um, and the reason why I, I had decided I wanted to study psychology was um, it was actually a very basic reason. I really, really enjoyed understanding human behavior. It was, I think, I, you could say it was my passion. Um, I was always the person who my friends used to call um, whenever there was a problem. I was always the person who people found most empathetic. Um, I feel like people always thought that I could resonate with them in some way or the other, and I do have high levels of empathy. Uh, I, I admit it myself. In fact, uh, to a point where sometimes it is my downfall. Uh, uh, for majority of my life, I felt like I was so empathetic towards people that I always used to put other people first, which is probably one of the first things that I want to discuss with everyone, because mental well-being is, is so important, um, but a lot of people don't actually consider themselves uh, as enough uh, to put before others, right? Um, a lot of people have been brought up in such a way where they have been constantly complimented for um, putting other people before them. In fact, you you find this quite often, maybe, maybe less in Western culture and more in Eastern culture, but it happens quite often. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but like if somebody constantly puts others before themselves, people are like, wow, this person is so amazing. They're constantly just thinking about others. It's just so great. Yada, yada. Do you agree? 
Yeah, we see it a lot. Uh, exactly. They so, people who sacrifice themselves. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it can it can lead to like people pleasing behaviors, and I think that what that is one of one of the most common reasons why people um, end up kind of neglecting their mental health in a way or mental well being in a way. So um, I uh, started my Instagram page uh, where I wanted to talk about boundaries, right? Um, and it was during my masters that I had decided that I was going to start this Instagram page. And boundaries is like the main thing that I constantly discuss because I feel like it is one of the harder things for people to develop. Um, it's really difficult to go from uh, putting other people before yourselves and thinking that you are selfish for putting your needs before other people and then to slowly and gradually start developing boundaries. It's it's much harder than people actually expect. So for people who have been taught how to develop good boundaries, they, they it comes to them quite naturally, right? Because your parents have like uh, commended you for standing up for yourself, for, you know, um, encouraged communication between siblings and, you know, yada, yada. But for people who don't know how to do it, it's actually really very difficult. And when they start doing it, it, um, I, I really, I have to, I have to commend them for it because it can be so tough. And it's something that I've struggled with my whole life myself. And when I started doing it, I also started feeling like a really selfish person, but it used to really take a toll on my mental health, how much I used to put others before myself. And I found I was always resentful because other people didn't, um, do the same for me. And I think that's one of that's one of the reasons why it's just being resentful all the time. It just it can take a toll on you, right? All right. And um, how how would you kickstart this whole boundary process? I mean, what's the the first stage? Because as you said, it's very difficult to actually like like move forward with this. So do do you have a method or a process? Okay. So yeah, of course I. Um, for each and every single person, it's very different, right? Every person has their own uh, timings and their own um, set of beliefs. And some people uh, might agree, other people might disagree. Um, so therefore, it takes different amounts of times for different people, right? But I think the best way to start is by saying no to the little things. So let's say, for example, we're discussing uh, going out somewhere, right? All of us have decided, okay, we want to go for dinner to this place. And uh, you, Lewis, you decide, okay, I don't actually want to go there because I've had a bad experience over there, let's say. But just because the entire group wants to go and you're feeling as though, okay, I don't actually want to come in the middle of what everyone else wants to do. So I'm just going to take a step back and I'm going to be like, okay, you know what? I'm just, I'm not going to do any drama. I'm just going to go with them. And that's completely fine. This is a very small thing, right? But this is where you can actually speak up and end up saying something like, no, actually I've had a bad experience over there and that's not something that I'd want to do. So if you guys want to go, then that's completely fine, but I'm not going to do it because I don't want to. Right. So, this is it's something very small and it's something that doesn't really occur to people who don't know how to set boundaries but then once they're reminded again and again what starts happening in the beginning is that um people start remembering after the event right after the event they're like oh my god i was meant to set a boundary there right 
And that's when you know that it's working. That's how you know that it takes time for this to kind of kick in and become like a solid part of your personality. So um, you remind yourself afterwards, all of a sudden you start thinking, okay, like I was in that situation and I probably should have acted a little bit differently. Next time, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm definitely going to say no. Next time, maybe you do say no in the situation and you start feeling really uncomfortable. You have to learn to sit with the discomfort of saying no to people. Learn to sit with the guilt of having put yourself first because this is what you're conditioned to believe. It's not a, a reality. Um, even though, no matter how much you sit there thinking, okay, this is my reality. I'm feeling guilty. Um, I, uh, I shouldn't have done that. It's something that you need to then talk yourself out of. No, actually, it's okay for me to put myself first. If I don't put myself first, I can't be there for other people. It's like um, the airplane analogy that they always give in mental health. In fact, we heard it so many times in my master's, it's crazy that um, you can't uh, put the ox oxygen mask on other people before you put it on yourself. Because if you run out of oxygen, you can't help anyone else, right? So it's exactly the same thing. So it's just kind of teaching people how to do that and sitting with the guilt of having put someone else first. Eventually, slowly and gradually, when you talk yourself into it enough, you start changing. Now, apparently, I read a study the other day where they said that uh, you need to repeat something roughly about a hundred times in order for it to start becoming an integral part of your personality. And I'm talking about personality traits, okay? Something very small. It can't be something like um, changing the fact that you have an anger management problem. That's huge. Something as small as like setting a boundary, something like uh, repeating these kind of statements in your head about a hundred times can actually really work towards making like a very solid change in your, in your brain, the way your neurons are fired. It can like, it can change the workings of your brain. So what happens is that let's say you're in a situation where you're required to say no to someone, you say no to them, you go away and you're feeling guilty. And then you're talking yourself out of feeling guilty. That can count as like one time. That's one repetition. So you just keep repeating it and over time it gets easier and easier and easier and eventually you start finding that, wow, like this is coming to me so naturally. I put myself first and I, I feel more confident and I feel better about myself and I feel more energized and I feel less resentful. And I just feel like that's really important. All right. So I, I get the whole, again, I'll play a bit devil's advocate, but I get the whole eroding the guilt aspect and putting yourself first. But what about balancing it out? Mm -hmm. Of course. So this How is exactly you, what I mean. Yeah. This is exactly what I mean by you can't uh, put the oxygen mask on anybody else before you put it on yourself. Now, you have your, let's say, for example, narcissists, right? You want to take them into consideration here. And the really funny thing about narcissism is that they don't actually cause any problems for themselves. They cause problems for other people, therefore causing problems for themselves. Do you see yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so like... Uh, with them, that is what the biggest problem is, that you are so self-involved, you are so self-absorbed, you'd never want to do anything for anyone other than yourself. If it doesn't have, if it doesn't bring you joy, if it doesn't bring you any sort of uh, pros, basically, um, then you're never going to do anything for anyone. And that is a very unhealthy way to be. So if you focus on the whole putting your own oxygen mask first, right? Saying no to the things that you can't do. Um, putting yourself first. Uh, 
telling people that they're wrong when they say something wrong to you. Um, telling people not to make fun of you when you're not enjoying it. You know, stuff like that. Uh, after you do that, then you can very easily be there for other people. And that's where you get your balance from, right? You can start helping people. You can, you can do it in many different ways. Let's say, for example, if one day you feel like you have to put yourself first because your mental health is very important to you, and the next day you're just feeling a little bit sleepy, but your friend is having a really big problem. It's up to you to decide, okay, you know what? Actually, I am going to go do this for my friend because usually I put myself first. But in this situation, I think she really needs it or he really needs it. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. That's where you start getting your balance. All right. Uh, Mahi, do you have anything? You've been yeah. awfully quiet, which is good. But I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's good if I'm quiet because when I open my mouth, now I'm... I, there are a couple of things that I want to say. Um, before that, I wanted to bring things a little bit back to first uh, World Mental Health Day, because this year's theme set by the World Federation for Mental Health is mental health for all, all right? Mm -hmm. And I, I think it is kind of beautiful. I like that uh, idea behind it. But using that, yes. I want to ask uh, Sahar, if you have any points, like, you know, for mental hygiene, just general, like, I know it's putting you on the spot, but like a couple of <laughs> that could just help people kind of, maybe not big concepts, but small things like, you know, we said people pleasing is not that great or uh, setting boundaries is, is good. So if, do you think you can, again, I know it's yeah. off the top. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. There are obviously things that I practice in my daily life myself. Again, it varies from person to person, but Generally, the first thing that I would say is make small promises to yourself. So that is one of the most important things because that's where for people who uh, tend to have mental health problems or tend to struggle with their mental well-being, they can also then struggle to make pro promises to themselves. So small promises can include something like, you know what, today when I, when I wake up and I get out of bed, I am going to make my bed rather than let it be messy for the rest of the day, right? That can be a really small promise and it makes you feel really good about yourself because you've done something that you had promised yourself you were going to do. And I really encourage people not to do very big promises in these situations because that can be really difficult to live up to. Like really difficult to live up to actually. You want to focus on really small things. So let's say, I mean, uh, I'm not a fitness uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, what's it called? I'm not a, a fitness instructor or anything like that, but I would recommend, let's say, for example, if somebody wants to get started into um, health, uh, fit, health and fitness, right? You can decide you want to do two minutes of yoga in the morning rather than doing like a half an hour session. Two minutes of yoga can actually really help you like in ways if you do it, let's say, every single day just to get into the habit of doing it. Or you decide that you want to increase your strength somehow and you do it by making a promise that tomorrow I'm going to try to do one push-up, just one. These are the kind of things that can really work towards um, like improving your mental health and like increasing on it slowly and gradually rather than jumping into really big promises that you make to yourself. Because if you increase it slowly and gradually, you're much more likely to follow through with things. That's the first thing. The second thing is, again, linking to the making promises to yourself, journaling. I feel like journaling is like it's changed my life completely. 
so um there's this uh a psychologist on instagram that i found um a couple of years ago uh, her name is dr nicole lapera and uh she's called the holistic psychologist on um on instagram and she has this great page where um she encourages people to do future self journaling now future self journaling is basically where you imagine who you want to be like what your future like how you would be happy in your future right so what kind of qualities would that person have list down let's say three qualities that that person would have so for me it was a person who stands up for themselves a person who's more confident let's say something like that or and a person who um why don't you guys give me an example what would you guys want to work towards not be bald like louis <laughs> maybe her. maybe something more related to mental health uh to help coach people become better versions of themselves okay to help to help others okay yeah. so to help now, others not have a head like louis <laughs> <laughs> well um i personally say that uh okay when it comes to helping others then when your future self journaling you're going to write down three things that you could possibly do to become more helpful to other people right um what what is so like let's let's brainstorm here so what is one thing that you guys think that you could do um to help other people so let's let's take louis because louis is the one who said this what is one thing that you could do like something really small a small promise that you can make to yourself that you can do to start helping other people that you can start from let's say today or tomorrow just something really small I would say to sh- to show more empathy. Okay, showing uh, show, but again this would be a very big promise that you would keep to yourself. Maybe you could start off by okay, you want to coach people to do better in life. I'm going to start learning more about coaching people, right? So tomorrow I'm going to read one article that's related to coaching. Fair, that's a fair one, yeah. Yeah, so Easy like follow that, through with, yeah. exactly easy to follow through with so that, that's like one thing you could do and then the the second point could be relating to something else that you want to improve on and the third thing could be related to the third thing you want to improve on but it should just be three things it it shouldn't be like a long exhaustive list of things that like would be really difficult to follow through on i always um encourage people to do journaling but only do 5 minutes of it a day just 5 minutes and if it starts going over 5 minutes it starts becoming too um what's the word uh like it too much like a chore um yeah. like it needs to be something that you know okay either when you wake up in the morning or before you're going to bed you're just thinking to yourself oh it's just 5 minutes and like you know i just need to do it really quickly and get it over and done with and like you end up fitting it into your routine a lot more easily so um that's the second thing i would tell people to start journaling now the third thing is obviously getting some exercise in um again this links to your promises and your journaling because if you don't do exercise on a regular basis then it's something that you might want to start slowly and gradually introducing into your um daily routine so let's say for example somebody who suffers from depression people who suffer from depression can and often times don't want to get out of bed in the morning they struggle with um with fatigue chronic fatigue and they label it as laziness in their head so can you imagine being in this constant cycle of judging yourself for being fatigued 
uh, judging yourself for being lazy in their head judging yourself for being lazy but actually just being too tired to get anything done something like this can actually really help because it's a very small promise that you're keeping to yourself and obviously you have your exercise that can release like endorphins into your system and endorphins can really help people who are suffering from depression so they can start off by doing something really really small again like i said 2 minute yoga in the morning increase it to 2 and a half minutes the day after you know small things like that like but exercise i feel movement is so important for your mental well-being cuz if you are um let's say even uh working at an office on a desk i'll give you an example actually i recently uh, when i was finishing my masters i was doing my dissertation and my back was cramping the entire time firstly because i was tense and secondly because i was lunged over like my my desk it was horrible and um i was making it a point to do uh, a little bit of uh, yoga work and it was actually really helping um just a little bit of movement in my back just so that it didn't feel so stiff all the time um So that's just something that I always encourage people. I feel like they should get some movement in just for their their mental well-being. If it's not 2 minutes of yoga, it can be like a 5-minute walk around the block. It can be anything, just a little bit of movement. I feel like that's really important. Now the fourth thing is I feel and not a lot of people will do this because um not a lot of people agree with it, but there are plenty of people who do as well. It's meditation. again meditation has changed my life as well i feel like if you do even 2 minutes of meditation and start increasing it on a daily basis it can really really work towards helping you with your mental well-being so um i found these uh this breathing uh, exercises video now I, i i can't for the life of me remember the name of it but if mahan i give it to you maybe you can link it um there's this um there's this youtube video that i found that is specific to breathing and it really helps you kind of uh work towards breathing better right and it's really strange because it gets you to hold your breath for 30 seconds at a time and it does these breathing exercises where you breathe in and breathe out really really hard um and then all of a sudden you'll hold your breath for 30 seconds and then you'll breathe in and breathe out really really hard for another minute and then you'll be able to hold your breath for about a minute after that and it's actually really comfortable to hold your breath even though normally it wouldn't be and you come out of that video feeling really really energized and really just as though it's so strange you you get these weird electrifying feelings in your body like as you're you're following through with the entire video and i just i feel like stuff like that is really important for people to incorporate into their everyday um routine what do you guys think um, i have a couple of things to say Yeah, go for it. First and foremost is we're going to take a quick break to talk about our fake sponsors, the backward slippers. Are you tired of wearing slippers that cover the front of your foot? Well, look no more. Backward slippers are the slippers of the future. They cover the back of the foot and let your toes be free. Yeah, that's it. I'm done with the <laughs> fake <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I had to break I stop the myself from laughing. I, I had to break the, <laughs> break the tension. Uh, I've been holding that forever. All right. Um I do have a couple of things. First, um you know, making small promises to yourself. That kind of seems to me 
like um, for me, this is where I kind of draw comparisons. Mental health becomes like habit making. All right. Because obviously there are conditions like mental conditions that there are conditions, but sometimes we're just, you know, we say someone's a negative person. They can't see just like the happiness in life. They always pick out the negative things or they think like, you know, all these thought processes, I think they're parts of habits that we've built and we've kind of created. Mm -hmm. Um, and neuroelasticity of the brain that if it does something a lot then eventually it'll pick on those and Mm -hmm. one of my favorite books on habits is uh, atomic habits and it does talk about the same thing make Mm -hmm. like making small promises is just like making small like you know if you want to do uh, if you want to be a person who like exercises as you said because mm-hmm. you use the example that you said. It mm-hmm. says break it down to like a 2% and just mm-hmm. try to do that 2% continuously until it mm-hmm. becomes part of you do. So mm-hmm. I, like, you know, making promises to yourself, that just resonates with me with creating that habit of uh, doing th- things regularly. Agreed. Um, about journaling and meditation, <laughs> Louis knows. I... Um, journaling, yeah, you know what, one thing that I really liked about the fact you said journaling five minutes, uh, sorry, you said, uh, yeah, no more than five minutes. Sometimes I feel like people, uh, they get lost in themselves, like, you know, um, we had our good friend, Michael, um, in a couple of, uh, like, I think two weeks back, and he was talking about how his girlfriend, uh, Paula, has this point of making journals of just, like, giving an emoji or a smiley face to the day. So if it was a good day, she would just write down like a smiley face of happiness. If it was okay, just like mediocre. And then if it was sad, sad. And then at the end of the month, she would just go and look at how many happy days or sad days she had in a month. I love that because I am a per- I am a sucker for intelligence. Like, because especially with my, like, you know, as a person who's in fitness, uh, I, I love tracking information i think like you you won't get anywhere if you don't know if you don't have enough intelligence and information to build your work on top of so journaling for me i don't and that's why like journaling could be a way of keeping information that's great but if you're just sitting down and writing a freaking like a fan fiction novel down there and be like oh yeah i journaled for 30 minutes and i poured my heart and soul out i'm it's not bad but i'm just like get a life or like that 30 minutes you put in. <laughs> um, exercise <laughs> movement, obviously, yeah, I 100% agree. A meditation for me, I don't, again, meditation has this undertone of, you know, uh, namaste, like hair braided. I don't, I don't know. That, that might be me. I like self-reflection because I could like, yes, I could kind of like meditate when I'm like under a freaking barbell doing squats because like my brain just goes empty and I'm just like kind of reflecting on everything I'm doing from micro movements that I'm doing under a squat. And then after that, like when I'm sitting down and resting about like my life in general. Um, and I also appreciate the fact that you kept with our theme. You have this theme of not remembering names of people. So when you talked about the video, you don't know who <laughs> the breathing video. Thank you for that. But yeah, for me, meditation, I would swap it with self-reflection. But again, I'm a fitness instructor or I'm a personal trainer or I'm a coach and I have nothing to do with mental health. But um, that is my rant for now. Well, um, as much as I agree with you, uh, I so as far as the journaling and stuff is concerned I really feel as though um I don't judge anyone for wanting to write about their life I don't feel like it's uh 
if it helps people, I really don't mind. It doesn't bother me at all. Um, if they feel as though they want to sit in the evening and they want to rant about their entire day because they feel like they don't have anyone else to talk to or anything, then I feel like that is something that if they find useful, then that's fine by me. But for me, I feel like there needs to be a very, um, and what I offer my clients as well. So I feel like there needs to be a really uh, specific structure to um, what their journaling is going to look like, exactly what we were talking about before. So so let's say, for example, when it comes to future self-journaling, you would list three things that you want to be and three things like that you could work towards every single day to become that one person, right? So you're focusing on the system rather than the goal, right? Um, even though you do like have a mini goal, but your system is basically what you're giving the most amount of um, amount of energy, yeah? So um, there is uh, stuff like CBT as well, right? Cognitive behavioral therapy. So let's say, for example, you you gave the example of somebody who's just a very negative person, right? CBT journaling um, would be very helpful for them, right? Because what would happen is that, uh, let's say they you can take a very negative thought of theirs, right? Let's say they're thinking something like, oh my God, it's raining outside. It always rains when I want to go out, right? That's a pretty irrational thought, but a lot of people think that way. Um, you'd be you'd be pretty surprised. It's not something that is true. Um, it's definitely not raining because of the specific person. But a lot of people are like, oh, you know what? My luck is so bad that this is a, this has happened, and you know, it always happens when I want to go out, and this is just what my life is, right? So what you do in your future self journaling is that you write that one statement down, right? You read it, and then you try to restructure it yourself. You don't have to believe the restructured statement. You can easily just um, you can easily write something that you would advise another person who was saying the same thing to make them feel better, right? That actually it's raining because it hasn't rained in about a week, and it's just unfortunate beforehand. Um, otherwise, I would have known that it was going to be raining today, and I would have made plans on another day, right? So you can write something really small, something like "The rain has nothing to do with me." Um, it's just the way the world works and it doesn't have anything to do with my luck. You can literally write that. And it's not something that you have to believe, but when you actually write it down, it's something that is planted in you. It's like a seed. It's a seed that's planted in you. It's a new way of thinking that you're forcing yourself to think that way. That's the kind of journaling that I think is really, really useful. Oh, and also as far as meditation is concerned, again, I'm not into the whole chanting and the whole om and the whole braiding my hair kind of thing, but I really am into doing breath work. Why? Because it does calm you. And also you're exercising. That is a form of meditation in my opinion, personally. You do weight training. You're focusing really, really hard on a specific muscle group while you're in your set right? You're focusing on contracting the muscle. You're focusing on relaxing the muscle, stretching it out, whatever you want to call it. You're focusing just on that specific part of your body, right? And that in itself, and also you're doing your breath work at the same time. That in itself is a form of meditation if you think about it. Do you agree or not? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I said, so see, this is what I like. I like... Uh, I have to give a little bit of background for why I'm bitching like this. 
It's because, mm -hmm. in the, especially, it's become really popular in the fitness industry. And I cannot, for the life of me, decipher when did we make this change of personal trainers. We're educated in getting people to their goals when it comes, when it's, you know, health or like, you know, let's say about their body. It's either aesthetics, aesthetics or strength, let's say. There are other aspects of fitness, but let's say mainly generally people. Let's not lie to ourselves. A lot of people just want to go to the gym to look good naked. That is pretty much their goal, all right? Yep. And PTs are educated to help people get that, you know, change their bodies. But now I've seen this, this new wave of fake PTs on Instagram with all these fake emotional, uh, sorry, positive and uh, quotes and everything else. And now they're life coaches and they're like, um, I don't know, they're trying to, instead of helping the person get to their goals, they're kind of using this mindset, like kind of a reverse, not even a reverse psychologist, like they've heard something from psychology and try to use that to convince people like, oh, no, you're perfect like this. Like, obviously, I know some behaviors in fitness, like if someone really is obsessed with fat loss, it could be a bad thing. And I can mm -hmm. tell them as a fitness professional, I don't think you should do that. But at the end of the day, I shouldn't convince them to like, you know, think like, and to meddle in a work of a psychotherapist. Like, you know, you, what you do, you explain it really well, like journaling the way you said it. I like that. But the journaling that I hear is people like, I, I know this from like, by, I've seen this on Instagram. Like people are like, oh yeah, journaling helped me so much. I wrote, I sat down and went on this journey of self-discovery. I was like, dude, you're 27 years old. It's like for three hours writing down what you think. And like, probably you didn't, but you just, saying this because it's a niche word and you want to say that you journal but see that's the thing I, I i agree with you sorry complete what you were saying uh, so yeah i'm gonna go back to meditation <laughs> another fitness rant is you guys have might have heard functional training right mm -hmm. the most functional thing we can do is walk and breathe that is it like mm -hmm. that literally sets us apart from other animals that's why we're mm -hmm. apex predator how we hunt for freaking lions. The lion can run really fast. Humans can literally run out, like walk after that lion for years. Not years, mm -hmm. days, but you know what I mean. The mm -hmm. most emotional thing we can do is walking and breathing. Now, when it comes to breathing, I love breathing work. Obviously, it is calming, but also, especially if you do proper breathing mechanics, think of your diaphragm moving. Diaphragm is one of these weird muscles in the body that kind of, it's like two semi-dome shaped muscles that connect to each other and one of them goes down the back on your i think t10 whatever it goes back and it attaches to your psoas which is one of the hip flexes so let's say one of the leg muscles all right and then on the front it comes and attaches to the front of your rib cage and a little bit of background walking if you don't have a psoas you can't walk pretty much that's it and then mm -hmm. anything upper body related without ribcage mechanics of your, like, you know, your shoulder blades sliding over the ribcage or ribcage itself, thoracic spine mobility. If that lacks, you have no upper body mobility movement as well. So diaphragm is like the only muscle that works both hip function, which is walking and breathing and shoulder function, which is like, you know, 
whatever we do with hands. So it's an amazing muscle that connects both these two together and the only muscle that like really affects both of them. And obviously that comes in with breathing. So I'm a big fan of breathing when it comes to training itself, obviously like just from a training perspective. Now everything else that you said also applies as well. So if you talk of meditation mixed with breathing, and again, it's not about sitting down and be like, oh yeah, I, I need to meditate like every day, 10 minutes and just sit down and think about, I don't know, um, in your head like it's one, that episode of is it family guy or simpsons that like it goes inside to the head of the person and it's just a monkey like slamming the uh, mm-hmm. together i i i, I understand exactly what yeah. you're trying to say <laughs> <laughs> thank you i forgot you're quoting you. simpsons out of nowhere <laughs> yeah but that's that that's that's my rant over go on yeah no, no i uh, i completely understand uh, why you feel that way and why you think that way. Um, it's not useful for me to um, ask people to write down stories um, about their life uh, on paper. Uh, it's, it's not necessary for me to uh, ask people to do that. For me, it has to be very goal-oriented. So if it's not goal-oriented, um, then it's just completely useless. Uh, it's not going to do anything for them. It's not going to sort anything out for them, right? Thank you. Um, it's not, yeah, it's not going to help them improve in any, in any which way possible. But um, if I, uh, I feel as though as long as you have a goal in mind and as long as you're working towards something and you, as long as you're trying to improve something, because if you um, are just going on a rant for no reason whatsoever, I don't feel like that will for me being having a solution focus is very very important that's all i'm trying to say and you're basically trying to say the same thing again the second thing again going back to meditation i agree i completely understand where you're coming from the breath work is the most important thing when you focus on your breathing when you do breath work when you try to improve your breathing it really helps with let's say for example anxiety i have worked with a lot of people who have anxiety and doing breath work like we call it belly breathing um actually works um, on expanding your diaphragm a lot Um, so that really helps with their anxiety and their heartbeat problems as well right so yeah that's that's pretty much exactly what I mean if you do these things on a daily basis they can actually really kind of help calm you and soothe you and make you feel a lot better have a clear vision of what your day is supposed to be like have a clear vision of what you want your future to look like like, and, and have a clear vision on how you're going to actually improve your mental health. Like, these are just writing things down, having things on paper, like seeing them written will always feel more solid than having it in your head. Sometimes you will think things and you will think, okay, I'm going to get it done that way. By the end of the day, it might change the way you thought about what you're going to do, right? At, Whereas if you have it on a piece of paper, that's not going to change. Emotions cloud our judgment constantly throughout the day. I could be feeling really happy in the morning and decide to do something at that point. I'd be feeling really low in the evening and decide to do the same thing and do it completely differently because of the way that I'm feeling, right? Whereas if I have it written down exactly what I need to do and how I need to do it, it changes everything. It doesn't allow your emotions to cloud anything because you know exactly what's happening. So for example, I do. I want to... I want to give this one example because I feel like it's really important. There are many people out there who are in, in many relationships where they're being gaslit. Do you guys know what gaslighting is? Yes, but I'd like you to like explain it on a professional level. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 
gaslighting is basically making the other person believe that they're crazy so let's say um for example i'm i'm going to say that a woman is doing it because a lot of the times that even i speak about this on on my instagram because there's so much stigma associated with only men doing it every single time i do a post because i do cartoons um and i create scenarios using cartoons so if i make a man gaslight women then there's a whole rage going on on there and i do admit that there are women who do it out there as well right so let's say for example there's a woman and uh, she's in a relationship with this man and uh, they're having a fight about something and uh, she has been cheating on him and he has seen her with another man and he tells her i saw you there with another man how can you deny that and she's like you're absolutely crazy you're crazy you you don't know what you saw that's that's gaslighting that's blatant gaslighting so there's a lot involved to it but that's basically the gist of it if a person is doing stuff like that then they're gaslighting you right now the worst thing about gaslighting is that the other person then their reality is denied so many times that they start believing oh my god am i crazy am i making this stuff up am i going insane the other person is constantly telling you they're trying to cut you off from your loved ones so that you stop believing your loved ones they're trying to cut you off from everyone else so that they can keep you to themselves because they feed off of the love that you give them right they get like a emotional boost from it they get very um yeah not not just an emotional abuse but a self esteem uh, boost sorry not abuse a boost so um <clears throat> basically uh then what starts happening is that the other person just starts like getting really confused and they start denying their own reality they start believing the other person and they start thinking that they're completely crazy but then there'll be times that they'll be like no but i'm not crazy i just don't understand what's happening am i wrong are they wrong and that's one of the worst things that can happen to someone and that's where journaling can be really 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 useful right so i tell my clients write down everything that you don't like about the relationship when you are fighting with the person when you're in a really bad mood when you're really really angry with them and they've done something wrong and you know that they've done something wrong write down everything that you don't like about the relationship right so make points of it so let's say for example if there're 10 points you keep that in your journal somewhere far away from the gaslighter so that he or she cannot access it <clears throat> now when you're feeling super loved towards the person because that's where the crazy feeling starts coming in because the per- a gaslighter can be very charming the gaslighter can be really loving and caring sometimes the gaslighter can call you over and cook you an entire meal and tell you that you're the best person on the planet so you start doubting yourself and start thinking oh my god like this person is actually amazing how could i ever have doubted them like they make me feel so good about myself like what is going on so then you write down everything that you like about the relationship right and surely the list of the things that you like about the relationship compared to what you don't like about the relationship is always going to be shorter the only problem is that because we are so addicted to feeling happy that that feeling of happiness it gives us such a big high um especially when there are so many lows involved in the relationship it becomes like an emotional high low like just a constant struggle of trying to get to the high that you give a lot more weightage to the things that you like about the relationship more so than you should and you start feeling as though there's much more that i like about the relationship in comparison to what i don't like so 
then when you have it on paper and you have both these lists to compare with one another and you're feeling fairly neutral like so you completely change your emotional states you can uh, consult these two lists that you've made on different days when you're feeling different emotional feelings right and compare the both of them compare the both of them and really see exactly what your relationship is for what it is and it really helps open your eyes it really really does so journaling like that i feel like it works towards a purpose it works towards a goal it works towards a solution it works towards opening your eyes do you guys see what i mean i i totally agree i mean uh, even on the last point uh when it comes to relationships whenever my friends going through a tough time i actually tell them well, maybe not as advanced as you but i tell them write a pro and con list just just write everything and you'll usually see that the cons are more than the pros of that relationship mm-hmm. But they're mm-hmm. just with that person because they're afraid of being alone because they want to be happy. But once they see it, they kind of go, "Oh, I mean, exactly. why am I in this?" And then on journaling, while I personally don't journal, I'm kind of like Mahan on that. I do agree with logging. Um, I mean, from a fitness perspective, logging has helped me a lot because. Back then in uni, for instance, I train, but I wouldn't have an end goal. I would just train. Mm-hmm. uh by logging a specific goal like okay i have to gain whatever 20% more strength on a certain exercise or build a muscle in a certain way i find that logging can kind of help because it keeps me honest and it keeps exactly. me a bit consistent exactly. i'm not saying to write a uh, a newspaper of log the whole log it's just an app i just put mm-hmm. what i did on the day and that's it to keep, and it tracks whether i've improved or not uh, but I find that it does keep you honest because sometimes you forget. Sometimes you need to compare um, notes. So maybe on one day you were cutting, you were bulking, your energy was high, your energy was low. So you need to see those kind of discrepancies. And it just at the end of the day, it's raw data, right? Data doesn't always. I mean, data is truthful to an extent, so it it can't hurt. So I do agree with journaling to an extent. Uh, and it's exactly the same thing. Exactly what what you have mentioned. It's literally doing exactly that, but for your emotions. And it's a little bit complicated because your emotions are not something that you can physically see improving or physically see um, becoming worse, right? So that's why mental health is it has a lot of stigma associated with it because it's just not something that sometimes a lot of people will be like. somebody will be suffering from chronic depression and another human being will be like oh shut up and just get up and get on with it but they can't they can't they have a problem and there's no physiological um there's nothing physiological that you can actually like a test that you can do to decipher whether or not this person has chronic depression it's not like you can measure the amount of serotonin in their head and try to figure out okay does this person have less in their head you know what i mean so um even for me like i don't know anything about training i i i do uh, a little bit of weight training myself but uh, i'm uh, i'm still learning and i don't know much about it but what has helped me improve however little i am improving day by day is uh, logging everything down so just writing down each and every single thing cuz i found that when i don't write it down i tend to cheat like i'd go to the gym i would um decide oh you know what last week i must have done this much so this week i'm going to do this much even though like your mind always plays tricks on you you don't know whether you've actually done that much last week and like whether you're actually improving this week it's just 
um, if I have it written down in front of me, I know for a fact that, okay, I did this weight for this many reps. And if I increase it by one rep this week, then that means that I've improved a little bit. And that's all that matters to me. It's that little bit of improvement every single week, whether it be for your workout or whether it be for your mental health. And I just feel like writing all of it down can really, really help. That's, that's my opinion. Yeah, that, that's perfect. And you, you can see this is like, um, I call it rants, but this is where you can see like mental health and like fitness, all these steps that we take, they kind of follow these parallel lines. All right. They're very, like they're very similar. But also very, very different. That doesn't just because they follow these similar lines doesn't mean I can jump from fitness to mental health or do your job or you come from mental health to fitness and be like, well, I know about logging stuff, so I'm gonna just like make people write stuff down and then progress their training. Mm -hmm. So I think like people sticking to their lanes is a very good thing to say. That, but and I see sometimes people try to like. Um, gap these uh, sorry, bridge these gaps uh, mm -hmm. and move to where they don't have any voice they just well they shouldn't i really like all the stuff you said i really enjoy it and yeah i agree uh, the same i might not journal myself but collecting information and data in my opinion in in regards to everything you do is very important i'm going to make a friend's reference and say that if you are making a pros and cons about your significant other make sure they don't see it <laughs> rachel and ross exactly exactly and another thing i find funny is because uh, as well you know it's called uh, our podcast is called majoring in minors I feel like in the sense of uh, the things that you said, you know, making small pros like promises to yourself and everything, those small steps are actually the majors, you know, and then trying to pick a big goal, like, oh, I'm not going to be like negative. You know how you said don't pick big goals and actually do small things and make small promises, mm -hmm. actually trying to pick a big habits or picking a big change will be the minor things to focus on because those are not the important parts the important parts mm -hmm. is actually establishing the basics mm -hmm. exactly very well said mahan thank you i am known to be uh, very wise oh uh, we we lost you there mahan we lost yeah, you <laughs> couldn't hear you mahan couldn't hear you some static <laughs> yeah yeah all right i think with that we can bring this to an end uh, just a quick recap. So the four steps that you were talking about is uh, make small promises to yourself, journaling, especially future self-journaling, exercise mm -hmm. and movement, and then meditation and breathing are the good points to start your mental health hygiene, uh, uh, sort of mm -hmm. saying. Um, mm -hmm. Exactly. Before we end this, I'm going to let you plug yourself. <laughs> so if you want to talk about your, fitness, uh, your Instagram, and uh tell us like you know spell it and everything or anywhere else that people can follow you please feel free to share well my instagram is called the Malgi damsel it does have a lot of south asian references on there therefore the name the name basically the Malgi, um insinuates brain and damsel is damsel as it is in english so it's d-i-m-a-g-h-i dot damsel d-a-m-s-e-l and um, it isn't just for South Asian people. It's for people all around the world. The reason why I st started a South Asian page is because I felt like there was a little bit of a gap. Um, 
our culture is not very um, closely addressed as far as mental health is concerned. And there isn't a lot of uh, work being done um, using uh, specifically our culture, which is why I've tried to relate it to South Asian people. But there is stuff on there that everyone can use. I have put up all these exercises here. Uh, exercises on there so like you know to help with anger to help with relationships to help with uh, making promises to yourself all of these kind of things just small tiny journal exercises that people can go on there and they can find and they can follow and there's stuff on there for everyone that will help you improve so i hope you guys enjoy perfect and as usual louis likes to be anonymous and mysterious so he doesn't have any plugins but if you want to say anything louis I want to ask a question as I usually do at the end of our podcast. That's okay, Mohan. Yeah, go for it. So, Sahar, since you talk about uh, mental health and stigma, where do you see the, um, like the Asian cultures? Do you see it progressing slowly? Do you see it backwards? Where, where, what's the stance on uh, depression and like, issues with mental health in general? Okay, honestly, it's very, 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 very slowly improving. Very slowly. It's too slow. It's just too slow. I mean, fine. It, there might be more awareness, like very slightly more awareness than there was about 10 years ago, where people are starting to talk about it just a little bit more. But realistically speaking, in that side of the world, in South Asian culture, it is frowned upon so much. Um, even let's say for example if a girl is getting married and uh, her mother has been visiting a therapist to uh, treat her with her let's say for example depression right people are going to talk about it in society as though she has a really bad mental health problem and that nobody should get married to her daughter because um, you know what if it what if these mental health problems come into their children the children are going to be crazy they use the word pagal pagal means crazy and it's just, it's so sad that that's just how they view it. They view it as a, as a weakness. And it's, I've done a post on this where uh, I, South Asian culture is supposed to be collectivist, right? So collectivism is basically, it involves, so it, Western cultures are more individualistic and, South Asia, and Eastern cultures are more collectivistic. So collectivistic means that you put a lot of emphasis on uh, the group, on uh, so there is a lot of group identity involved as well, which I don't entirely agree with, but I do like the sense of community that they have in Eastern cultures, right? The sense of community where, where everyone is very helpful with one another, but then it also brings about a lot of judgment, right? So um, when I was discussing in my post about collectivist cultures, it's just so sad how... Um, in collectivist cultures, although you should be focusing on the sense of community and you should be focusing on being able to find um, help and being able to find a shoulder to lean on in your community because you have a strong sense of community. Instead, everyone is scared of having their secrets um, coming out or having, um, you know, talking about mental health problems or talking about their problems in general because they're seen as weaknesses. Um, People don't want to be associated with it because they're like, we want the sense of community to be stronger and we want the community to look good rather than to feel good. It's just so sad. Um, and so this is something that, that I really want to work, work on. Um, there is a part of me that really wants to 
maybe eventually in due time pursue like a PhD and do it something specific to South Asian culture because there's not a lot of research that's been done specifically for that part of the world. Um, just to kind of help with the awareness and to, to, help, to help with the situation over there. It's just so bad. People, people don't give mental health enough importance over there at all. Not even, not even a little. Righty. And now to go the other route, do you think that people in the West in particular have become too sensitive because of the, the opening up of mental health? And do you think that a lot of people do it not because they actually have issues, but because they want attention? That in itself um, can be deemed as a mental health problem. If you are needing attention, then there's something lacking in your life that's demanding it, right? So I don't believe in there being too much sensitivity. And I know not a lot of people agree with me, right? But I always think that there's some sort of underlying reason for everyone's behavior. And if somebody is demanding attention off of other people and they're going to extremes where they're um, lying about things, just to get attention from people, it might be because throughout their entire childhood, their rea reality was denied. And this was the only way they knew how to get attention. And that can also be addressed. It can be addressed in th therapy. And it can be worked towards fixing. All righty. Well, fair enough. I have no more possibly controversial questions. Uh, Mahan, do you have anything else that you'd add? Another fake sponsor, perhaps? <laughs> Uh, I mean, uh, yes. Well, first of all, again, thank you, Lewis, for just as we're about to bring things to an end, open up a whole can of worms. Is, <laughs> uh, I, I like the question, though. That is another topic that we could talk about for, I guess, hours upon hours, because I do agree with like uh, what Saha said. And I also do agree with uh, Louis. I mean, it is a mental health problem as Saha. I, love, I like, really like that answer. It is a mental health problem if you're trying to seek attention. But also I think what Louis was talking about is just this sort of what leads to the cancel culture that we have in the West right now. A lot of sensitivity. I feel like people are too sensitive now. But that is, mm -hmm. that is a topic that we can uh, and we should honestly discuss because I would really love to hear uh, uh, Saha's thoughts on that but for now because of time constraint we're going to bring this to an end as I said Lewis is not going to plug anything in uh, for me if anything fitness in fitness related and you guys are interested to know more about it it's uh, my Instagram elmi.fitness elmi.fitness uh, follow me there uh, if you want to uh, get into our fake sponsor so uh, reverse slippers or backwards slippers just go to backwardslippers.com and if you find that website i would not click on it because it shouldn't exist um <laughs> and at the end I, we want to thank anyone who listens to this um and if you guys enjoy what we do uh feel free to share it on social media just like give us a shout out uh, we'd greatly appreciate it uh but yeah with that being said until next time thank you for listening Oh, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man.